0: It doesn't matter how you get through the door, you know, through the window, or whatever, however you get in that building, that house that is, you know, that sanctuary where you make wonderful songs and art, and you're free and you're
1: fearless. They decided to try to write songs over the mail. It was released in everywhere in the world except the U.S. And they put out the record and they
0: roll the darts and do the videos and go for the record promotion and the radio promotion, and they're, they're looking to see what stiff. sort of song that people would call up and say, I've never heard of that band, I've never heard that song, that's great, where can I get it? And we would say... Welcome everyone, this is That Record Got Me High, I am Rob Elba, it's great to have you all with me again, and we have a very special guest, uh, because what more can I say about him uh, that hasn't been said on the five on the previous five episodes he's been on, so it's our <laughs> most uh, frequent returning guest, but a great guest, uh, you know him, you love him, from the Boston bands Big Dipper, Volcano Suns, Dump Truck, others, Mr. Steve. Michener, welcome to the show, Steve.
1: Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be on. Yes,
0: yeah, good. I'm glad. And uh, it's great having you on. You know, Steve, I was thinking, when I was thinking, uh, you know, I always joke, like, what, weren't there any other bass players in the 80s, you know, to play in bands? <laughs> but I was thinking, you were like the Toyota Camry of bass players. Because <laughs> you were solid, reliable, not flashy, but you you Maybe? got the job done, right? I invented
1: uninvented
0: invented bass. <laughs> no, I'm not even just talking about you playing it, but just you in general. That's a fair assessment, right? Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was not. I mean, there are so many bass players better than me, like who, um, you know, were talent, really talented bass players in that scene, like Clint Conley and dan saltzman and uh man uh, gary wallach i could go on and on everyone i mean I, oh yeah I, but a lot
0: of it, them are also train wrecks at, and uh, a pain in the ass to work with <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i always joke that i was the third best bass player in big dipper <laughs> and it was true uh, but yeah i mean i think uh, well i was smart like most bass players or many bass players you know of the greats like myself and paul mccartney we started out as guitar players and then we realized, oh, we're probably not good enough to be a guitar player um, in a band. And so um, when opportunities came around, it's like you know, being a bass player, there's, there's many more gigs for, for uh, bass players. Yeah, as, as shown and, by you as these three great yeah. bands that you got to play. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, average bass player who got gigs. You know, if I was, a, if I, you know, as a guitar player, I don't think you'd be interviewing me right now unless I was like ponied up 25 dollars for your patreon right <laughs> um but as a bass player sure yeah i mean it was uh um, there were there were lots of opportunities um and when i fell out of volcano suns um i got a call from dump truck guys because they knew me they knew the band and they figured oh he must be uh, good if he was in volcano Suns. and of course it took them you know not too long to figure out. But, truth but uh, <laughs> by then it was too late <laughs> but no dump truck was a great experience because I got to learn how to play you know in, yeah. in a different I mean Volcano Sun's obviously a very different fan but, yeah. uh, but anyway but I always count on you know Gary Wallach uh, invited me to play in Big Dipper and so you know that's his he's you know that's all on him it's, he, all, it's and, all on Gary <laughs> he had a choice to go in a different direction but he called me back after being in the suns together and invited me so uh right yeah and i probably could have gone on you know um, luckily like after i left big dipper i just decided i was like okay this this is no longer like a, like i'm not really enjoying this anymore and I, i've got to get a real life but i probably could have you know fallen into another band and well another me and band.
0: you i know me and you know people that never got that though right and they're still <laughs> and they're still, <laughs> still in.
1: and i mean and, i could have been in the i, I probably would have ended up in the liars you know playing right? the, and yeah. I mean, and, uh,
0: God bless them, you know, if that's a, if they're still like oh, if they're no, enjoying yeah. it. But I don't know. A lot of them, it doesn't really seem like they're
1: enjoying it. But yeah, you know, I mean, just I like, just felt like um, it had been a great run of like 10 plus years or a dec- more than a decade, probably of. Trying to be in bands and being in bands. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: And you made it. And you know, like I always tell people, I mean, if you got to play in, in places, you know, that that more than ten people attended and people knew your songs, I mean, that's make to some people that's their dream, their entire life. You know, that they they'll, oh, yeah. they'll never get to do that. So I mean, <laughs> no regrets. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah we, no we no, were good. very lucky. Yes, you
1: did. So, but, and, but now I'm happy. I'm you know. Yeah, so you're busy. Great.
0: I notice you're really busy now, arguing with people online on the uh, about the merits of the new uh, the Beatles documentary. You
1: get back. Oh yeah, that has been that has been the most fun. I realized,
0: um, you know what, Steve, I realized this combine that, that combines the two things you love. The, uh, the <laughs> Beatles, the Beatles obviously if you love the Beatles and also finding things to nitpick and get mad about yes, uh,
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you understand me like only my wife does. <laughs> Uh, but right. yeah, no, it's like the Beatles thing was great. So um, I actually started a Facebook group that I'll invite you to join, so you can come in and argue with me <laughs> <laughs> away that from the huddled masses of. Facebook. Oh, okay,
0: that's good. It, really, for real? You—that's true. You're not making that up.
1: No, I just did that this morning. I was like, you know oh, what? Good. People don't want people don't want to hear this stuff. They don't want to hear how crazy I am and yeah. all my friends. It's like a half dozen of us who are like
0: right. But then those people, you'll give us a place where we could uh, enjoy it. Oh, awesome! That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward get to get into that. the weeds. <laughs> all right but we're not here to talk about any of that we now this even you're like we had your you know it's funny that we're actually doing it on your birthday because we we wanted to do an episode around your birthday and then uh we were thinking you know obviously crazily oh maybe we could do it together in person but obviously that didn't work out but i know uh, so happy birthday this is on your birthday
1: Yes, thank you. Highway sixty one.
0: Yep, and you changed uh, you changed records at least once. But what did we what <laughs> did what did we finally nail down? And what are we talking about?
1: The Vulgar Boatman debut record called "You and Your Sister." Yeah, nineteen eighty
0: nine. This came out, and oh yeah, man, I got a lot of questions for you about this because first, like when you said that, the first thing I said was I played with those guys because uh, Gainesville they they were uh, from Gainesville. And my uh, high school new wave punk rock band, the X-Cons, played a battle of the bands in – and I figured out where it was because I I asked my other bandmates, you remember the Volga Boatman? And they all remember the uh, the Volga Boatman. In uh, Melbourne, Florida, in probably – it was early 80s, probably either 81 or 82, and they must have just been together, just won. Uh, But they were great. And the the sad thing is that we won the battle of the bands.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But That's other, your claim to fame, right there.
0: I know, but the other and they were great, but obviously the people there wouldn't didn't get them at all, but we did. But uh, the other two bands were just like cover straight on cover bands that played like Van Halen and stuff like that. So it was
1: really it was just ridiculous. You could just say that you know the hard Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were one of the bands. Too. Yeah, right. <laughs> but. So, but the thing is, the band that
0: I remember and and I uh, that we played with is not like they became they changed so much and they basically sort of split into two bands. So, when did you first find out about these guys or discover these guys?
1: Well, I got to credit uh, John and Frida from the Blake Babies, who I was hanging out with in 1989. um, They introduced me to the band. They knew Dale from um, Indian from Indiana because they grew up in. Bloomington, Indiana.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Dale was, and um, so they turned me on to the band, and I instantly fell in love with them. Um, uh, bought the album and started. You know, this is, these guys are like a classic um, uh, mixtape band that you like put on mixtapes and send to people. You know, your crushes or your friends who you want to turn on to. Right. Uh, great music because they were so obscure and you could not find this record it was really hard um to find actually at the time the 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 album so you know this is one of those bands that are spoken with so reverently within a certain circle you know like uh the tim heinley circle you know yeah
0: (laughs) right right but yeah like you said really but really obscure but also certain people you know they're almost like a cult band type thing i would say yeah
1: yeah yeah so like bands like they were to me they fall in the same categories bands like the embarrassment and um like the crippled pilgrims did you know them i
0: know i don't
1: know pilgrims are great you know it's kind of like a, a a dc area band that made a couple records and very few people heard of them but i can still listen to them and to me they're in the same rotation as like the beatles <laughs> So perfect, it's a masterpiece of doubt. Getting back and being able to listen to this record again has been a real treat.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, yeah, I'll be I'll be honest, I thought I knew, because I had that, uh, they had a cassette at the time, it was called A Woman in Boatman First, which I'm going to play a little bit of that in here, but uh, that yeah. was, yeah, they were just completely different, although there is one song on there that is on here as well, completely different arrangement.
1: You can't talk about the vulgar boatmen, unfortunately, without talking about their very strange history.
0: Yeah, so go ahead, I- explain it to me, because I'm even
1: reading <laughs> about it, it's confusing,
0: I've, I'm just confused.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is like, it's, yeah, I have to say that it's, I, 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 I sent away, when I knew I was going to start, and I knew I was doing this episode, I sent away to, um, I got in touch with Dale Lawrence, who I'd kind of known back in the day um, on Facebook, and um, and I asked him if I could get a copy of the movie, because someone made a movie about them. I heard about that. And I, I, I want to and- see that really bad <laughs> i will send it to you (laughs) oh awesome awesome (laughs) because it's um yeah and as dale warned me he's like this is not made by a professional filmmaker um but it manages to kind of tell the story and i pieced that together with some other historical articles but this is not i mean it's 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 very dense history but um just to start i think the band you saw in the early 80s was um, Walter Salas, yeah, Walter
0: Salas, and John Eater, who no. who went, ended up forming the Silos, uh, right? Yeah, they were in the band, and and they're not on this record. Although, did did Walter produce this record? He did, he did. Yeah, okay, but, he made- but they're not. Yeah, but they, but they were out of the
1: band by the time by this record. So, <laughs> I love this part of the story because there's this band, the Vulgar Boatman, and it's Walter's band, really, and but it's kind of casual, and they're playing around Florida, and um, and I think before, after, like I think at some point, um, Robert Ray, who is the Florida, the head of the Florida branch of the Vulgar Boatman. Yeah, but also, uh, what is he also, yeah. what was he? He was, so he was, he met Dale at University of Indiana when uh, Robert was a graduate, profet- or graduate student and teaching a class. Uh, at Indiana University, which Dale was a student. Dale was a student. So Robert's <laughs> right. much older. He's probably like 10 years older than Dale, I'm guessing. Right. Um, then, so they became friends when um, Dale found out that Robert had seen Elvis Presley. So Robert <laughs> grew up partially in, um, in Memphis, I think. I think that's where he spent his boyhood, and he had seen Elvis. So Dale was super impressed, and then they started talking and realized they had a lot of taste in common. You know, they love Buddy Holly, and... Elvis and uh, and some of this you know punk rock that was starting to come out because at that time Dale was in a uh, a Bloomington punk rock band called the Gizmos right um, which was like second generation Gizmos because. I don't know if you remember, probably when you were up in Boston, uh, Kenny Highland yes. was like oh, yeah. the original member of the, the Gizmos. Right, the but this is
0: a later Gizmos that uh, that this guy was in. Right, like, so he's again
1: like, yeah, so he's like the king of you know the franchise band. Yeah. So yeah, he took over the Gizmos when Kenny left. And uh, anyway, so then, so Robert kind of... Uh, it sounds like he just kind of ingratiated himself in, even though he wasn't a musician. He, yeah, he, this <laughs> he, a professor, oh, this oh. film studies professor is like, oh, I want to be in the band. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, I think once he started writing songs with Dale uh, via the mail, then uh, Robert um, decided to, you know, kind of introduce these songs to these bands. And somehow he got managed to get in. And he's a good singer. He's obviously had talent as a singer and later as a guitarist. Um, But I don't think he was much of a musician back then. So gradually he became the leader of the band and Walter left and, like you said, founded the silos. Um, And at this point, Dale and he were exchanging song ideas and Dale had a band in Bloomington called Right to Left. And I know, you know, there's probably some like scholars out there who are going to excoriate me for my facts, but I, this is the basic story. No,
0: I think you're right. And then he just changed it. Oh, I'll call the, the, the vulgar boatman too. <laughs> right.
1: Well, yeah, well, he realized that, okay, he's so like, I'd, uh, we're, we're writing these songs and he's calling it vulgar boatman and we're starting to get some traction. So I think around the time of the, when this album came out, he decided to change the name to vulgar boatman. So now you have two vulgar boatmen, and uh, Fred Uter, the guy who made this movie, Uh, documentary also sent me some tapes of the Florida version of the, the boatman. And, uh, so they were playing down there. They had a band, a a pretty decent band. I mean, they sounded a little different than the Indiana band did because I had the pleasure of seeing the Indiana band many years later.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you that.
1: Yeah. They had, they just had kind of a different feel, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just heard a couple of live uh, live shows from them and, uh, it was an interesting band, and then you had another interesting band in Indiana. But Robert had a career, and he didn't really want to tour. And Dale was more than happy to to, to take the band out and right. So Dale uh, became the
0: the the touring vulgar bowman but they still kept right. it you would think they would just say oh, all right wash your hands with robert uh ray but no he's still like the band and they still write songs together but he just stays in florida and this other guy like i saw there's a video of them playing in england on uh, jules holland show
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so that was later yeah so yeah. that was um yeah that was kind of the time when they were assigned to a major And then I think they all thought, oh, well, maybe this is the time we join the bands together and, you know, this becomes a full time job. And I think they were all very excited. But that um, turned out to be a disaster. Yeah. then
0: I heard it was a disaster. That's when everything fell apart. Right. And they made a great
1: record. (laughs) Uh, Classic. But they made a great record, but they got caught up in major label machinations and politics. Yeah. It was uh, never
0: even the last that last major label record was never
1: even released in the in the US. Right. Right. Yeah. Opposite sex. It's a great record. Um, but um, so, yeah, I mean, this is like a, such an interesting history to me. I mean, I don't want to, I don't think it should define the band because, um, but it, but it is an interesting footnote on how many we joked about, you know, in the band, we'd always say, Oh, we should have, you know, Because some of the people didn't like to tour, and we were like, "Oh, well, why don't we just have franchises playing?"
0: Oh God, I used to think that was my—I swear to God, Steve—I had
1: this (laughs) idea twenty years ago. I said, "Oh, can
0: we just hire like young kids to go out and tour?" Because I I fucking end to like tour, you know, learn all the songs and tour like uh, good-looking young, good-looking kids to go tour. That's a great idea. Maybe that'll, you know, maybe that'll be a thing. All right, so but uh, like I said, when I saw them, they were punky. They were much more punky, maybe uh, Talking Heads ish a little, but just they had two lead, you know, two lead singers that sang at the same time, you know, and and that was sort of like their vibe. But they eventually it became kind of uh, folksy. Some of it's folksy, some of it's like alt country. I would say alt country is yeah. Uh, yeah. reminiscent at times of like REM, uh, Galaxy Five Hundred. I was thinking at some points, right?
1: Uh, yeah, that's uh, the Feelies. The feel is, yeah. I was thinking all that time during uh, listening to Tom's episode. Uh, I was thinking, oh, wow, well, you know, these guys have a lot. Uh, yeah, which which probably was something
0: they have in common was that they both love. Because also you hear Jonathan Velvet Richmond and yeah, you hear and Loaded Era, uh, Loaded Era, right, right, Velvet Underground, especially with these guys. Yeah. I think more. And like Buddy Velvet Holly. And oh, yeah, classic, yeah, right. For like, sure. A lot of for classic sure.
1: rock. I mean, some of this stuff could be like. But so,
0: Steve, the one thing before we start listening to the record, though, and, and it is great. And, and the thing about it is what what wins you over are the songs themselves, because they're just really great songs. And there's just something also about them, which we'll get into. That's a little that's a little, you know, as traditional as some of it sounds. There's also something else going on here. But uh, just really great songs. But but some bands you wonder, like your band, Big Dipper. You know, people could say, "Oh, why didn't they become huge? They could have been huge." But this is a band. I I, don't, I think if I'm being honest, I wouldn't say, "Nah, I don't think so." I see them more as a cult band that some people love. But I I couldn't see them ever becoming like really like a big band like REM or something,
1: you know? Well, they they did kind. I mean, you know, if you could say that they're oh song off this record which talk about drive somewhere became yes. a big hit on uh, a chicago radio station like a commercial radio station oh really and it made you think oh okay well if they can catch on there um then maybe they could have caught on but i I do think that you know at best I think you're right I mean they were just they were so anti rock and roll in their presentation right um that it would have been hard for them to in the same way that, you know, our band was that I think that works against you. It's like if you don't play the rock and roll game and try and look like a rock and roll band and act like a rock and roll band, then
0: yeah, there's something yeah, you're right and I agree with you, but you have to because if you don't do that, you have to do something else. Because you could say like the uh David right, Byrne, right. the the Talking Heads weren't like that, but they but they were enough of something else. They were weird and quirky enough to be something right, right. totally else that you could also latch on to. And then it's also kind of affected in a way, you know, and it's not totally uh, you know, I, th- right. I think you're, they p- played that up some. Yeah, but
1: you're setting yourself apart in some way, and these guys were really uh banking everything on these songs exactly
0: exactly um which are uh, there's uh, basically there's uh, what's a recurring theme there's girls there's a lot of songs have <laughs> girls names and cars right
1: cars driving yeah and um yeah That's i have a theory much. and
0: I, I have a theory about all that but let's start let's get into the record and then i will i'm sure you do too right Of course, of course. All right. Well, let's get into the first track. Which, yeah, we'll talk about after because I said, is is it weird on the actual record? Does it come in weird? And you said, yeah, there's a story. So let's listen to it, and then you could tell me what the story is. But listen to the opening track, "Mary Jane." tell me what's the story about it sort of coming in weird like that
1: well i think uh, from what i can tell from some interviews is that they didn't really mean to use this version um, but they couldn't they love the the snare and this is what the, this tells you a lot about the band so they love the snare sound so much on this one <laughs> but they couldn't replicate it um so just to back up a little bit these uh, this record at least was recorded in Robert Ray's Florida house home recording studio. So I think Dale went down there initially and recorded with um, a bunch of people, including sounds like the most of the Florida boatmen. right. So this one in, in fact this take is um, they u- they ended up using the scratch vocal. That Robert had sung just as a placeholder. Oh wow! Uh, because they were so in love with the snare sound. So I it, <laughs> I'll it,
0: tell you what, it, it, it is a really great sn- snare sound. It's it's kind of yeah. like a, a little loud, a little maybe too loud, but it but it uh, but it works, you know. Oh yeah,
1: it's a great sound. I mean, considering it was recorded in someone's bedroom.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the whole thing it it's cool the the fact that you said that it's a it's a scratch vocal. I could see that because it's got a kind of a thrown off quality which is which is great to my ears. It's appealing, very uh, appealing because you could tell it's natural. It's not some, you know, I always uh, it always bothers me when some band I feel like try and do that. Yeah, I'm say (laughs) pavement
1: (laughs) quick. You're just trying to bait me now. (laughs) But Um, but the the song sets the tone for the record. I mean, you've got the the, the title is a girl's name. Yep. uh, Driving is mentioned. Um, You've got clean, tasteful guitars. I mean, they 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 they're they're um I mean they're loud, but they're so you know clean that. It's not like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to describe it. The guitar sound is great. I think it's just, I, I love that there's very little distortion on this record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I always thought like, so I started when I um started doing the research for this uh, record, I was looking up the lyrics, which would be the first time I've ever seen the lyrics before. And I realized I didn't know most of the lyrics to the verses. I mean, the choruses are pretty obvious. They're right. a girl's name. Um, But it was interesting like the lyrics are totally different than I, than I thought they would be. <laughs> and I, I realized that, you know, maybe there is a little bit, I hate comparing bands to REM because I don't, you know, I live through that and I, I think there's nobody like REM, but anyway. Right.
0: Right. I, I agree. Are, but sometimes it's, it's shorthand. It's like easy shorthand to do
1: though. You right. But as far as the lyrics go, I mean, the lyrics on this are kind of felt rather than heard right, um, right. like i said i've listened to this record hundreds of times and i was like oh really that's what that's that's what he's saying <laughs> <laughs> now where did you get because it's it's hard
0: to find well like you said it's hard to find anything about these guys and it's hard to find like i couldn't find who plays what on this like i just couldn't find it i'm sure you you probably know more than me but
1: yeah well i dug up stuff through that um through the movie that was helpful um the record itself has some information it lists um 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Almost 20 musicians. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I think it was recorded with a core band, which included uh, Carrie Crane, who uh, plays a big part in some of these songs, Dale, Robert, uh, Michael Derry, and Jim Bays. Um, what was the name of the guy you said earlier? Um, oh, uh, the
0: Walt other guy Walt Walt from the silos, Walt. Walt. Um, John Eater walter salas humara and john eater oh yeah
1: yeah john eater is all over the. he's not listed on this record interestingly but he is all over the documentary
0: aha uh-huh. uh, okay <laughs> but
1: yeah there's, there's a lot of people and i think they recorded this on multiple trips down right 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 yeah florida. which is
0: which is crazy in its own right but yeah we'll get we'll get to more of the whole florida thing because that's where i'm that's where i'm i'm gonna i'm expert at is being abandoned in, in florida <laughs> but let's uh the second track is also the title track let's listen to you and your sister those harmonies really nice harmonies going on there
1: right yeah when the two of them sing together it's it's really beautiful and i think um you know that obviously was missing from the the live stuff when they didn't play together which is unfortunate but
0: right 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 yeah because think about it someone like maybe found this record and loves it and they want to see them and the singer isn't even touring with them. (laughs) he's not not singing with them oh we'll get
1: i'll get into the live show um, in a little bit if you have time but um uh, this song you and your sister like you know the, the title right
0: well you all right i was uh, going to
1: ask you because it's very it, it, the thing is
0: it, it, there's something unsettling to me about the lyrics even though i don't really know what it's about but just the first two lines i see you laugh when something's not <laughs> funny she's the one who really looks like a father what the fuck
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know they're so uh that's really an interesting complex and right? again one well, one I never knew that- uh, Oh, okay, strong. okay, right. Um, but you know, to me, these songs are like total earworms, like they pop in and out of my head and like the strangest things- Oh yeah, will, for sure. Lines will just pop up or somebody says something that's like, but the title from this song was actually, so they knew the name of, there was a Chris Bell, so another touchstone for the band I'm sure is Big Star, uh, especially since Robert Ray from Memphis. Okay um so there was a title of a chris bell solo song called you and your sister but it was like unreleased and it was only like you know legendary oh
0: there you go
1: Um, i think they just decided oh well we'll write we'll write it then if you know we can't hear it we'll write it
0: right
1: right so i think they just took the um the um the title and decided to write the song but it's it's a, another classic uh, Boatman song because it does mention driving. Yep, and right uh, around
0: all day. Which that, it, you know, the, the thing is, I think the reason why there's so much driving in here is because anyone who knows who plays in a band in Florida, you have to, because it's so, Steve, you don't you don't understand, you were a Boston, you Boston bands, you could <laughs> drive a couple hours and go to different, you know, states and stuff. You can go, but we, it was such a trek just to get out of Florida. It was like horrible. <laughs> and then you're not even anywhere oh, yeah. good, you know? You're
1: right. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's why we never really made it too deeply into into Florida. No we one were. did. Yeah, why would you?
0: <laughs> so. We did
1: to Jacksonville Beach and Tallahassee,
0: but yeah, that's uh, barely that's barely even Florida.
1: <laughs> right. But the, um, the again, this song is very uh, typical of the songs. Is like I think this song is only two chords back and forth. I'm no musician. Okay, don't hold me to that? But... <laughs> basically, I just, I just... yeah,
0: really, really simple, but just really nice. <laughs> and the plaintive the music is just so plaintive and pretty, and it's very, you know, it's uh, it's it's like you said, the 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 guitars, I mean, there's a lot of acoustics, and then the electrics are very clean, and it just gives it a really nice open sound.
1: you know yeah, this song also has some of the most innocent hand claps I've ever heard. Oh. <laughs> It just sounds like one person. It's like, you know, yeah. Usually like you, you know, you have the whole band clapping and, no, and someone's it girlfriend sounds, probably. Yeah. Uh, like sounds so <laughs> cute. They do mention the radio in here and they mention um another Memphis uh mention, I believe. They mentioned Bobby Day, um, who's a, a musician from that era who had the hit with rock and robin. Oh, okay.
0: All right. So Memphis, so that all makes sense then with the uh with the uh, big star connection and everything.
1: Again with the um Obscure lyrics like another band. Like I made a note on here that it reminds me of his Yola Tango. How kind of they?
0: You know, oh take right,
1: it right. So They don't. They don't really want you to know what they're singing, and maybe they're writing lyrics like that. Maybe they didn't want you to know. Right, right, right. But <laughs> it is very evocative. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, the one. That looks like her
0: father. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know. All right. So Margaret, now we have Margaret, and and this one, I don't know. I, you know, you could keep throwing different bands. This one sounds like a lost Warren Zevon song to me. Just listen to this and picture Warren Zevon singing this. Uh, okay. Margaret says.
1: Margaret's friends sit down, I say hello in French. They think I've been around. Can we start a new play? I'm feeling down on my luck. I win a couple around. Don't think it means too much. And I'm supposed to be thinking about the rest of my life. I'm supposed to be thinking about the rest of my life. Looking forward to this, she says,
0: Great song. I, I really like the song, and I don't know. The Warren Zevon thing just popped into me. I don't know. I could be off base with that, but I yeah, hear.
1: no, that makes sense. And I think one of the reasons why you might see that is it's one of the only songs on the record that almost almost tells a story. It's probably as close as they get to. Oh, like, right, right, right. Like you know, you could probably piece together like a scenario here um, out of this. And and that's another uh, thing I, I like about this uh band is they they do they drop little like. St- things in there and it's very cinematic you know it's very oh yeah yeah when
0: uh yeah margaret's friends come in and sit down i say hello in french they think i've been around (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what though Steve there's a sort of a trapped restlessness to a lot of these songs and I feel like maybe that's from him because he was sort of you know I, I saw that a lot when I came down to Florida there's a lot of people down here and I'll tell you I played up in Boston in a band for like five years in the late 80s and when I came back down to Florida in, in the ni- in the early 90s there it's just a, a different type of musician. I, I met more like just genuinely strange, weird people that were just kind of like, you know, maybe by their own design trapped down here, but they act like they're, they act like they can't just get in a fucking car and leave, you know, <laughs> like they're being held hostage.
1: Well, yeah, it's uh um, that's a good point. I could see him feeling that way. I mean, I think he, a lot of people in, um, in, uh, academia end up going some places where they might not necessarily want to be, but they they have to take the job because there's a job that's in their field. and Right, right. You know, I don't know, you know, I don't want to go down in Florida, but, uh, you know, I don't... After spending a little bit of time there, my parents actually lived down there after they retired uh, for many years. They lived north of Tampa on the Catholic coast. Um, and so I would go down there and I'd just be, like, horrified at the whole... <laughs> I, thing. Mean, I mean i, I don't is like beauty there's yeah. a natural beauty and an ugliness to it and there's kind of it's, true, it's true
0: i mean i yeah, embrace it all of- I, I have no problem with it now i don't i don't like people to just sure, you've given in it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah but uh, i've lived in other places so i can appreciate it for what it is but yeah i just sort of get that sense like like in a way this is a record that could only be made by a band that at least part of them were in florida
1: <laughs> no, the other part were in indiana so that's not exactly that's you know. true yeah a lot of driving there a lot of flat land right in fact they talk about it one of my favorite lines in this which again i picked up from the lyrics and i didn't realize how great it is but it says get, get into my car take the germantown road wdia love comes and goes where collierville starts and you have to slow down turn the car lights off turn the radio on And it's a very evocative thing. And I I looked it up. Um, The WDIA, uh, as I learned from, uh, actually, a lot of great people write about this band. And perhaps the most famous one was Ira Robbins, your former guest.
0: Yeah, Ira.
1: Yeah, (laughs) he he, he loved these guys. He loved this band. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, man, Ira's going to be on. He's definitely going to do the vulgar (laughs) (laughs) boat. Um, but anyway, he wrote a New Yorker profile, but it, it talks about um, WDIA, which was a Memphis station and an obscure uh, r and song called Love Comes and Goes. And I looked on a map of Memphis and uh, just salted, it's all out, Germantown Road is just outside of Memphis and Collierville is exalted like there. So definitely a lot of references to probably being a teenager in um, in Memphis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then doing, what do you do in a teenager? You just drive right. And it's four chords. Around, listen to the. Four uh, chords. Oh, chords. I'm thinking,
1: I'm supposed to be thinking about the rest of my life. I think that's a great time.
0: Oh yeah, one. that is. Yeah. And, and that's such a, that's such a, maybe not just a Florida thing, but it's such a young musician thing, you know?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I love any code. I'm a, I forget what the musical term for it is, but I'm a sucker for any of these like kind of wordless hooks is singing like bam bam, bam 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 oh right 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 His musical word for that but i can't well you're asking yeah like this that, is definitely yeah. a highlight song of the album yeah i think so
0: and now we get one of the more straight country sounding songs on the record i would say right and uh, another yeah. girl let's listen to katie I'll hear a little uh, tom petty in some of those chords uh, another yeah. florida boy
1: <laughs> yeah i love the uh the, the words you hear uh in the chorus are heartbreak circumstance um it just sums up a lot it's like <laughs> yep yep there's <laughs> a lot in two words katie's making amends making a ring around all of her friends and i know and that's another that's another one that's Earworms, it's like whenever somebody says, and I know, and I always think to myself, I'm always like, you know, in my head saying, and I know. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doing the automatic call and response. <laughs> but you, uh, you
1: and Tom on the Feelies episode talked a lot about the uh, melancholy and uh, this yes. album. Uh, when I was listening to that episode, I was thinking, yeah, this album does a lot of the same things for me that that Feelys record does. uh, did for you guys and does for me as, as well. Yep. When the, when the record came out, it was 8990, was I was listening to it and I was going through uh, uh, it was kind of like a the, the get back years for Big Dipper. Right. You know, think things were not good. And it's like uh, I was remembering back to those days, oh, like God. broken broken relationship, broken band, and I was feeling very melancholy and um, listening to albums like this and a lot of country stuff, actually, like listen <laughs> Lucinda right. Williams. That was the other record I wanted to do. Was, oh yeah, uh, that's right. All right, well, title Lucinda album and Till Tuesday. I was listening to a lot of these like sad, like breakup albums, and this album was a perfect album for uh, uh, for that time for me. Yep and now mm, we get nice.
0: uh and now we get kind of like the centerpiece of the record more restlessness but a really expansive track and i'll tell you what I, this song is great and i love it and i couldn't believe it's a i guess it's such a good song that it doesn't i couldn't believe how long it that it's a six minute song <laughs> you, you know um yes, and s- some songs are only three minutes and you think <laughs> oh god what is this eight minutes but this isn't that let's just do a little bit of drive song. Like a classic road trip song, and and it like feels like a really great road trip, you know. Yes,
1: and like you said, I agree, it's like it's six minutes long, but it. I think you could just like put it on a loop, and I get I just like when it when it ends, you just kick into the beginning again. I yeah, would, yeah. I would, could do the whole road trip with just that one song. There you
0: go. <laughs>
1: yeah, because <laughs> it's kind of got like a meditative quality to it too. The way it's yes, it's steady. It does have that. Yeah. Yeah, hypnotic.
0: Exactly, which may probably yeah. maybe
1: not a good idea if you're in a late night <laughs> <laughs> drive. But it fades in like the feelies do sometimes. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, in between verses is that classic. Uh, so they stop singing and then they play uh, the, that guitar line. It's like a classic. It's so evocative of so many classic 60s um, songs. That the guitar picked part.
0: Oh yeah, I'm gonna play that. Yeah, underneath here, is that there. And the verses, exactly and then they do
1: that. That. Uh, in the classic hold and release thing where you kind of like stop the beat and then crash into it, they you do that. Yep. Uh, and the bass goes up high on that part. Um, but yeah, I, I wrote down that evocative, emotional, subdued, but powerful, restrained, yet matter of fact. And yeah, I wrote six minutes feels like either three or 12. Yeah, it's look
0: like, at that. See, we said we were on. I know it's just like, uh, it's great. And that's good to hear that it actually did get played and it was that because it's, uh, that's good. Uh, uh that's nice to hear that, you know, that other, yeah. Cool. And
1: XRT, like I said, is probably a, it's kind of like the BCN, I think, of Boss, WBCN of Chicago. Oh, okay. Uh, Boston reference. And they played it like one DJ played it, then they kept getting requests and, um, and in the movie, it says, the DJ says, well, I think the reason why it kept getting, it got so many requests is that nobody could find the record. <laughs> so the only place to hear it was to, um, to, to call into the station and have them play it. But wow. it ended up being in their top five songs of the year for that year.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: that it came out. So if they had been together... They're very big in Chicago, obviously. I mean, they would play Metro, a place that we could never touch. Oh, okay. Um, except as an opener, maybe. So, And they still have a huge following. I mean, they could probably... I think I did see, actually, they're playing again. They rescheduled a, a COVID-canceled gig. Oh, really? California. They're going to be playing. Dale's, uh, uh, the Indiana Band will be playing. Oh, nice. The, the, the Indiana Boatman. <laughs> 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 uh, but I love the line in this one, um, you know, the guitars alone. I mean, to me, it's, it reminds me of uh, like Pell-Mell songs. I don't know if you ever heard instrumental pell Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, great.
1: I love that. But it, one of these lyrics was, you know, there's lots of great lyrics in this one, but it says, it seems like you want me to feel like you want me.
0: Right, 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 right. Like, yeah,
1: someone getting kind of pressure. You know, he's supposed to be thinking about the rest of his life again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the centerpiece of the record. Uh, you know, it's it is. It's a classic.
0: So this next one is a so speaking. You said a lot of the songs are cinematic, and this one is that too. I feel like it's a it's a scene from some you know film. A very enigmatic slice of life scene here. Uh, decision by the air <laughs>
1: decision by the airport tomorrow need a decision by the airport tomorrow you need a decision somebody else is standing in the line somebody else is closing the door somebody else is driving your car Don't you see sometime a weekend? Jimmy works at night and sleeps all day Says nothing happens when you stay late You have to settle down before you disapprove Tell the truth, honey, you're the one I love
0: I really like this song because I like the fact that you were saying before that there no real the, the songs don't tell a whole story and this is the same way it's kind of like just drops you in a little middle of a story just a little part of a story so you don't really know right. what's going on but it all sounds very enigmatic you know
1: yes and uh, uh, instrumentally they add uh, they they add in a slide guitar what sounds like a slide guitar
0: yeah that's what I'm I was wondering if it was like a lap steel or a slide yeah.
1: Right, and then a the cl- classic line, and I think the reason why I, I love this song so much is because um, it's got the line uh, "Tell the truth, you're the one, I- you're the one I love."
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does that a couple of times on the record where he does that and delivers something where it's like it's like you're like w- what. <laughs>
1: i think there's a lot of quoting of classic old songs uh yeah yeah but the
0: way but but like sort of putting a a a twist on it like changing sort of changing the meaning by the delivery all right so this next one uh let's listen to a little bit of change the world all around
1: Can hear the father?
0: Great song, man. I'll tell you, I know you've listened to this hundreds of times, but I've just been listening to this this past week. So it was still the songs are like newish to me. So, yes. uh, yeah, this is uh, s- such a great song.
1: I'm glad I could introduce it to another person. I think I'm one of the most, uh, this record is one of the most, like, um, I've tried to evangelize on this record.
0: For yeah. Yeah. Um, decade. So, yeah. Right. And again, sort of like a, a someone sort of has these grand schemes, but feels like trapped by their surroundings,
1: you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do they want to change the world or do they want to change, you know, their world? Exactly. Yeah. I don't think he really wants, I don't think these people are into changing the world per se. No, <laughs> it's interesting that it starts out like the guitar tone. Like, do you think, like, when it starts out that, dun, 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 dun. like, the guitar tone and the drums are very different. You get a, sense that it's they're adopting a different kind of uh sound it stands out yeah it stands out a little
0: immediate it's much more immediate sounding than a lot of the other stuff on the record it's
1: got a little more sturm and drang on there and right uh, but it does have great dynamics. I mean, once they, they do that part, then they drop way down and I think there's like a little organ in there. I love
0: that. And I was trying to think what that reminds when he's sort of speaking the word last night I was standing, like what it reminds me of. And I don't know. I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but uh, it's great. It's really great. But I couldn't, I, I thought maybe it reminded me of another song, but I I just couldn't think of it.
1: It's very evocative. It's but evocative. I think that the, the, um, the thing that stands out for me about this band is the dynamics. And, um, and when, um, when I think about bands um, and what I like and what I don't like, oftentimes I end up, a similar trait as people, is bands that have great dynamics and understand that. Right. Well, I, I like the fact that, you know, that this song kind of changes, not as much, it doesn't change it as dramatically as the next song, but it kind of changes the feeling of the uh, the record, the not stuck in one sound. Right. Well, then, yeah you know? and,
0: and and then you got this next one here fallen down which is also a little more sophisticated maybe not as simplistic and the uh the the drums and guitars in this one are great uh, this the next one fallen down
1: he never gets to the chorus.
0: I know, I know. I'm gonna play it in there because it's got that falsetto vocals, the backing vocals in there.
1: So, uh, I'll yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I don't... really cool. But it takes, I chimed it, it takes uh, almost half the song a minute 37 we're going to even get to the chorus of that yep.
0: song. Yeah, yeah, but I'll definitely play that in there. Yeah, and they they do, even though as traditional as these are, they do play around with arrangements a little. Uh, maybe not, you know, I pointed that in the feelies episode. That was one thing I really like about them is that they don't. They don't stand on, uh, on you know, chord, uh, on song forms, you know, they'll just, uh, right. they'll just go wherever.
1: Yeah, I mean, this song is a total, to me, it's like a total sea change. Um, yeah, in yeah. and sound, because, um, it, and it reminds me, again, brings me back to the Memphis thing, because to me, it sounds like a, a 70s Memphis song, I and mean, this wouldn't be, a, I would, oh, yeah, it sounds like yeah, I yeah. Alex Chilton would have sung, you know, like right, after, sure. uh, after he left Big Star. Great. Um, and like I said Robert grew up there and uh, but it definitely has more of rather than like of a you know a heartland kind of picking kind of strummy stuff it's got that kind of like rhythmic guitar
0: right right exactly
1: which probably is more to do with Robert than Dale
0: right right so now we get a, a country ballad like the the country <laughs> ballad of the record <laughs> which is uh, it's really nice uh very effective and it's got accordion in this one do you think
1: yeah i think there's accordion It might even be viola
0: yeah yeah it's really uh really pretty though let's listen to a little bit of hold me tight line here. I'm your boy, you're my girl, this whole room could be my world. Uh, yeah, it, it, I feel like if you dialed everything up a little, this could be like a, a Stones, you know, the Stones doing a country type yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, add a little heroin and slide guitar. <laughs> right. It's definitely a sem- sentimental favorite for me from the record. I think this was the the first one that grabbed me. That was. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's on. right,
0: because est- I forgot we established that you're kind of weepy. You're into <laughs> weepy. Yeah. I forgot that we did the, the um, 16 uh lovers lane and all that. yeah. that's right yeah <laughs>
1: um but i think they uh hold me tight is also another example of a classic lyric that they purloined wasn't that a beatles song
0: oh right 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 well um, all right so this is interesting you mentioned buddy holly and this next one cry- i swear steve i looked it up because i thought is this a buddy holly song because it sounds like it could be
1: uh cry real tears is credited on the record everything on this side of the record, except for "Drink More Coffee," is credited to Lawrence and Ray.
0: Right. Well, yeah, no, I I realized that that yeah. it wasn't a Buddy Holly song. Oh, I, just, I thought you meant it was
1: a Buddy Holly song. Huh?
0: No, no, no. I just thought it it sounded like it could. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe they did a cover, you know? Because I don't know. I'm I'm not a am not i am not that well versed <laughs> in Buddy Holly, but it's a great song anyway. Let's listen to "Cry Real Tears." Okay, Steve. Here's something for you on the Big Dipper. On the Big Big Dipper reunion tour, you guys should learn this song and cover this song. <laughs> what is this Big
1: Dipper reunion
0: tour? <laughs> oh, you didn't know you knew about it before. When well, you're talking, you've been talking about you know moving moving out of the country. So you got to do that before you leave. You have to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I- sure I'm, we'll getting get I'm getting it.
0: I'm getting it organized behind the scenes. I'm organizing it. All.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Big money maker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this. Um, this is a great song but it's also more of a uh, a one guitar kind of uh, another i think it's a another memphis side trip right and i think it's the only like riff rocky song on the record again no picking yeah. or scrubbing that's why i was
0: wondering if, if if it was theirs or if it was a cover that's why because yeah does, yeah it's i mean this is what it
1: sounds so, i mean they have such different styles and i think you know a lot of it is um you know, the divergence between Robert and Dale. And, you know, this was probably the stuff of Robert's youth, this kind of stuff. Right. And I, I'm not a, a southerner, but the way he says uh, blue janes. Oh, right, that, right. <laughs> I mean, you don't really hear. He sounds kind of Midwestern up until then, but that, uh, right. if that's, if that's Robert and I think it is. And, uh, I thought yep. it was pretty funny. Too. Uh, but I like the, the lyric and it says, uh, there's five different stories or maybe only nine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's great. And you know, one thing uh, we haven't discussed or mentioned at all, none of their music, this music sounds like what they're called their name. <laughs>
1: Right, right, it's a terrible name. Let's just get we should have addressed that, right? Like, this probably the name, um, which is a joke on the Boltman of Volga, some Russian folk song, is probably like the word the thing that has kept them from being famous. I think
0: I was thinking that because, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a it totally throws you off, you know. So, this. (laughs) This next one, uh Drink More Coffee, was actually uh I probably saw them play this in nights because this is on their original uh Oh, this was an early one, yeah. Because This one yeah. is written
1: by uh Carrie Crane, um who actually Carrie Crane uh sings Drive Somewhere. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, which I learned. Um Right there, but this one was written by Carrie Crane and Walter again.
0: Right, right, and it's uh, and I actually prefer probably just because I I listen to it more the original version. I'll play a little bit because it's completely different. <laughs> a little bit and drink more coffee.
1: Sitting in a bus station
0: version much more punk and it has a saxophone because i forgot at that time they had a saxophone player. oh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were they were all over the place trust me this one does have some nice touches on it i think there's keyboards and maybe some viola yeah yeah um harder guitar but it's I, you know and i don't know whether it's because i'm you know favoring the dale and um robert songs but this is maybe one of my least favorite on the record it's um, mine gotta, too
0: especially this this version of the way it is here it's mine too i actually have that written down on here too yeah you
1: gotta have one song you gotta yeah, diss you on do. one song so you don't sound like a fanboy right?
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh yeah here's here's the quote robert uh ray had seen elvis in 54 or 55 so oh wow yeah, that's roots.
0: <laughs> yeah. that. So, do you know? Are, so, there, but he's never like, he never does like one off shows with them or they fly him in for anything. Yeah. I mean, I think they have done
1: shows together. I think, uh, but
0: outside of Florida?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. Well, I think they did that English, they did like a little English tour that, but that was much later. Like, this was 90, 89, 90. And I'm talking like 94 when um, they were flirting with uh, the majors. Right. So, yeah, but I think I saw them in 90, I can never remember. I think it's 92, but it was very, I was living in San Francisco and I knew they were coming and I was very excited they were coming. Um, They were going to play a headlining show in San Francisco and I think they were also opening for Yola Tingo and same tour, right around the same tour. Oh, wow. Um, but they there was a question whether they're gonna make it because they got trapped in LA during the Rodney King riots.
0: Oh shit.
1: So there's this like the whitest band in America. Right. <laughs> had just they played in LA and uh and then they were trying to get out of LA and I think like the whole city was locked down for a while. Wow. But,
0: but eventually about, they made it
1: talk about a band that has a black cloud over them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Because I remember that night very well uh, that I saw them uh, headline the bottom of the hill. I had gone earlier to another club and saw Guided by Voices, like early on. I had no idea who they were, but everyone was talking about them. Oh, wow. Look at you, man. And I know. It was like a night of hipsterdom. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, I was probably in nursing school or something, and I was on right. weekend. And uh, yeah, so I saw Guided by Voices, but I was like in a hurry. I was like impatient. I want to get over to this other club and see the vulgar boatman. And a friend and I went over there and saw their set, and what really struck me, um, as opposed to the not as opposed, but in addition to the incredible songs and the band sounded great. I mean, to me, they sounded like the record. It was Dale and and his um, friends from Indiana who had been touring as Vulgar Boatman for right. years. Right. Really tight live act. Really incredible band. Um, but also one like one of the this really struck me. It's like. I'm not a dancer. Like when I go to a club and hear bands, like I had to be really drunk to dance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same, same with me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think exactly. I've ever been that drunk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> But if this band was like, and I don't think I did dance, but I think I I came really close. You
0: felt like you were Uh, were moved to. You had to restrain yourself from dancing. Yeah, I was
1: like, well, I can't. But incredibly danceable, and I think that that is part of their appeal is that not only they have great songs, but they can get a a club moving and sell some drinks.
0: Nice. They get a little groove going, (laughs) The Vulgar Boatman. Look at them. All right. So that uh, so uh now we get the final song, which also we have another lyrical re- reference. The, the Street Where You Live, automatically, I thought of On the Street We Live from mm-hmm. My Fair Lady, right? You know, because I'm such yeah. a huge musical fan, but <laughs> <laughs> I remember that song from when I was a kid, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like a love song, but different, obviously, a stripped down one. But let's just do a little. Uh, and then I got something. Uh, I noticed something at the end of it. The street where you live. in the uh, car one more time, right?
1: That's right. And it's two chord. I think it's just two chords back and forth.
0: Right, right, uh, back, right.
1: Back to the strumming and the picking sound of the familiar um, uh, sound from earlier in the album.
0: Right, right. Hypnotic. Right. Once again, kind of hypnotic and just like sort of painting a little picture of, you know. But the one thing I noticed, you know, at the end, he does tell me who do you love, you know, uh, Bo Diddley, like uh, right. the Bo Diddley famous thing. Who do you love? But he's not like when Bo Diddley does it, he's asking it rhetorically because he already knows who you love, you know, but he's actually asking it. Like, tell me, who do you love?
1: Yeah, it's a, I mean, between that and the, like you said, the title song from the musical, It's uh, I think I think that's a, a real source. It's a great idea. It's like just take like old songs and then kind of rework them in your brain. And yeah, yeah, and you, right. Exactly. New parts from old.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. And it's great. And I'll tell you, I get to the end of this record and then I much like the Feelies, like I told Tom with the Feelys, I'd go back and I'd listen to it again. I go, man, this is such a good record. And uh, yeah. this is great because I really think uh, obviously a lot of people do know the Feelies, even though they are, you could say they're obscure. But this is a re- you 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 definitely out obscured everyone with this. <laughs> 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 well i
1: made sure that it, it is available though and i, I it know is that, yeah yeah
0: it's on uh, they, spotify yeah
1: and yeah they got and they reissued it um for i think the 25th anniversary or 30th anniversary or whatever uh i guess it would have been 25th
0: yeah yeah uh, and i was i was able to buy uh buy the digital copy of it online so that's cool
1: like even like i know that you listen to this stuff and maybe you haven't heard of the record and I just recommend uh, if someone hasn't heard the record to go to YouTube and put on drive somewhere and just let that kind of play on, on loop. And I think that will put a lot of, um, but, but I think that it's, uh, even though it's very obscure, it's worthy of uh, inclusion in, um, in the, in a group of records that uh, is timeless. And um, I, I just, to me, it's, I can still listen to it like I said 30 something years later and still get the same evocative feelings and the same uh, uh respect for their craftsmanship. Oh yeah, it
0: all holds up. Aside uh, putting aside all the fact of the wacky story of the band itself and their wacky name, even uh, aside from all that, it is still great. I hate that right.
1: to be the, you know, the narrative, but you you got to mention it. But You have um,
0: to. Yeah, of course. It would be ridiculous if we didn't. Uh, this is- <laughs> but this was great. It was great having you on on your birthday. I appreciate having you on on your birthday. That actually worked out perfectly. Yeah. Uh, Steve got a little confused last. Uh, he was <laughs> all ready for us to do it a couple of days ago, but <laughs> my age. Are you surprised? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you uh, what do you got? What do you have going on today? The rest of the day for your birthday?
1: Uh, nothing special. I, I think I only uh, really celebrate. um, my birthdays now when they end in fives and zeros. I think that's going to be the new.
0: Oh, okay. Well, good for you. I, I gave up on that too. I just totally give up. I, I try and insist, make
1: everyone ignore it.
0: Don't, don't acknowledge my birthday.
1: Yes, I tried. I didn't post it on Facebook, but of course, like the band. Uh, yes, I saw they outed you the, the big
0: dipper uh, <laughs> birthday boy. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's nice. That's uh, nice that uh it's nice i'm glad you guys are all uh you know on, on speaking terms that's all bands aren't <laughs> like that <laughs> right so that's good
1: well i wanted to point people to the uh, big dipper facebook page
0: yeah that's what i was gonna ask you
1: so go ahead plug oh, away where,
0: where should people go to to you know to fill yeah, their I notes mean, with everything
1: i'm not selling anything right now no. but um but yeah i think The Big Dipper Facebook page. We try and make it entertaining. Right now, we just posted another entry in a series of um, kind of looking back on some of the songs that we wrote and how they came about and what the backstory is. And It's definitely for super fans. It's definitely like, you know...
0: It is, but it's great. And I love your tour diary. You were doing some tour diaries for a while, and you should definitely look back on... Go back on that and find those, because those are great. They're so much fun to read. They're sad. Some of them are very sad, but they're...
1: Oh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we weren't, uh, no glossing over there.
0: Yeah, well, you can't, but well, that's, I, you know, you got to take the, the good with the bad, you know?
1: That's right, and I, I did have a chapter in the new um, book uh, Where the Wild Gigs Were, the Tim Hindley edited book.
0: That's right, that, that's right, yes. Uh,
1: I think it's almost ready for second printing. The first printing sold out.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's doing great. Fantastic, and so um, it should be ready for reorder soon, I hope, and that was a lot of fun to be involved in that.
0: And in the meantime, you'll still be arguing with people about the Beatles. It's still, it's still going on. It's an ongoing. Experience. Oh, I love it. Too,
1: but yeah, I'm taking it <laughs> underground, though. Because I don't want. To, we'll see about
0: that. We'll see how how far, you, how much you can do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Well, it was great. Uh, it was great having you on. Like I said, always a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's always a pleasure to be on. And you know, uh, as much as I enjoy being on the show, and I hope the episodes that interest people, I, I also. Um, love to when you uh, take my advice and get um, some of the people I recommend as guests
0: yeah, on. Yeah, you you know what? I should mention that because I've, I've gotten more great guests through Steve than just about anyone. I mean, you really have been uh, I'm pimping them. Well, you're great because then you do and then I get other people from the ones that you first did so it all, you're kind of like the um, what's that Six Degrees? Uh, Kevin Bacon. You're kind of like the Kevin Bacon <laughs> of that record got me on huh? Yeah
1: I, love trying. yeah, I mean, I think some of the better episodes have, have come from, um, I mean, I'm biased, but... Of course but, you are.
0: Oh, yeah. really? Are you? I, I hadn't noticed. <laughs>
1: I mean, Michael Paddy's stuff, both his episodes, Yep. But the John Strom episode was a masterclass.
0: Oh, yes, better. yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> probably will never speak to you again after that lemon cake stuff, but I'll, I'll take most <laughs> of it.
1: I won't take all of it out. I'll take most of it but <laughs> Tim Quirk did a great Mecon thing.
0: Yes, yes, that's right. So uh, all from cool. the, uh, you know, well, it's great. You're, uh, you know, look at that. Look, look how rich your life has become. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, your, I get to, get to contribute to the to the podcast in,
0: in your waning years. <laughs> <laughs> One more chapter. Yep, that's it. Uh, so don't forget guys, you can follow us uh, Instagram and Facebook at, at That Record Got Me High Also that Facebook group Got Me High Is a, is a fun little thing And uh, Twitter is At TRGMH Podcast You can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com And what's the most important thing
1: That they should maybe consider? Well like me Rob, they should join uh, The Patreon there you Patreon. Go. Patreon And give what they can To help support independent podcasting like that record jumping high there you go
0: and then they get to participate in our episodes in our uh patreon right. curated episodes which are a lot of fun and he yeah. always comes up with the goods with those he sends in some great uh submissions so you can go to patreon.com forward slash awesome. i don't know i haven't decided i'm gonna do i don't i you know i was thinking of doing a, a christmas one, but i'm not doing a christmas film because i, <laughs> I don't want to yeah, yeah i'm not doing it. but we'll see maybe yeah. we'll do one more like so i gotta think of a good like
1: Okay. Thank
0: you. All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your birthday. Thanks again for coming
1: on. You're All right.
0: See you guys next week. We are out of here.